On today's show, how would you like to have clients like Nike, Netflix, Stripe, Twitch, Spotify, and more? It's a dream come true as a freelancer, and this dream is a reality for motion graphics expert Kate, who's calling into the show today. Kate first spoke with us over a year ago, and since then, the entertainment industry has been through a lot, which leaves Kate wondering where her career is headed and what's next. And we talk about a lot in this episode, from Kate's best advice on how to get jobs with big brands like she does, to whether or not you actually have to hire in order to grow. It's all on this episode of Freelance to Founder. Here we go. I'm Preston. And I'm Clay. And this is Freelance to Founder. Clay and I have both been there, barely making ends meet as a freelancer, knowing there has to be more. But since then, we've each built multiple six or seven figure businesses. And now it's your turn. On this show, we're changing the lives of everyday freelancers just like you. Discovering this podcast a few months ago really like changed the trajectory of my journey. I'm not sure I would even be thinking about pushing this forward as much as I am if it weren't for YouTube. This has been really helpful and I, I think a good mindset shift for me. Really, really valuable stuff. I've made a ton of notes and I plan to put this stuff into action immediately. Discovering that I'm a founder instead of a freelancer has been amazing for me. If you're ready to push past hourly rates and build a business that sets you free, then you've got to join us. You can call in yourself by visiting freelance2founder.com. We can't wait to chat with you. We'll be back with today's caller after this. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules restrictions apply. When you wake up in the morning and check your phone, does it feel like this or like this? Because with Shopify, your morning can feel like this way more often. That's the sound of a sale being made on your new Shopify store. And while client payments may require weeks or months of work, you can start generating a semi-passive income to grow your business by setting up a Shopify store all of your own. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your latest designs on shirts or bags or adding something totally different to your business, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You can sell online, you can sell in person, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. With Shopify, you can set up your store in minutes and start selling immediately. And Shopify's award-winning support is there to help you as you go. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash freelance. That's all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash freelance to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash freelance or click the link in our show description and start waking up to this. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. My name is Preston Lee with Milo.co and this is the part where I would normally say that joining me on the air is Clay Mosley, but unfortunately Clay is sick again today and uh, unfortunately can't be here with us. So we miss you Clay, but I am joined by uh, a former friend of the show, well still a friend of the show. Kate, you've been on the show before. Welcome back to the show, Kate. Hi, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. um... 
I, yeah, I can do an intro on myself. Um, my name is Kate Mrazowski. Um, I've been a freelance motion graphics artist for 14 years in Southern California. And um, I was on the show two years ago. I had just had my first kid and I was wondering what my career was going to look like um, coming back as a as a new parent and with like a much different schedule. Um, and you guys were able to help me through all of that and give me some good advice. And I remember to the workforce. I remember looking at your portfolio and just thinking, wow, she's so talented. Um, clearly going to go places with, with the talent that you bring in. Then it, it sounds like you've had a pretty good year. Part of the reason I wanted to have you back on the show was because um, you sent me an email um, and let's see if I can pull it up real quick. Uh, okay. So you said, um, you were just sort of checking in with the new year, which I think is a great <clears throat> sort of thing to do in your business, right? Drum up some new business, check in with former clients, build your network, stay in touch with people. And you were just kind of giving me a, a summary of how your business was doing. And, and you, you almost nonchalantly, or, or maybe, I don't know, maybe it just came off. I mean, it came off perfectly is what I'm trying to say, but it was just like, yeah, 2023 was great. Um, I animated two events for stripe i did some work for jessica alba you were much more eloquent than i'm sort of summarizing you did twitch you did spotify you did two nike events i mean i was just like every line (laughs) every line i read i was just like oh my gosh oh my goodness wow she's working with some really big brands so i wanted to have you back on the show to chat a little bit about how you have connected with those brands and um and how you know just how your 2023 went and see what maybe I and the listeners can learn from your experience last year. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it was funny because last time I talked to you, I was like, I was kind of like, oh man, I didn't reach my income goal. <laughs> and I feel like down <laughs> on myself. And then the, you started saying, I was like, oh, actually, yeah, I did have, I did have a lot of work. Plus, I had some really awesome work. Yeah, uh, with but, really cool companies, and I mean, these yeah. are real like resume builders for you, right? So I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So last, I'm. I've been like freelancing motion graphics for a long time. So I was really used to the studio kind of system. And then like after, after I had my daughter, I had to kind of change the way I worked. I had to like find somewhere that would be more flexible with my hours. So I was looking for smaller side clients. Um, And we can talk a little bit about where my thinking is on that in a bit. But um, this this past year with that kind of model, like the studio model, like everything just kind of like for motion graphics, it was, it was a really, really, really rough year. Like a lot of the studios didn't get um, advertising work like they were used to because of the Mm, strikes, the TV strikes. And there were a lot of tech layoffs. And then um, that I also do some work on television. So all of that, all of that work went away. So I kind of had to pivot really quickly into um, doing events. So I had a friend who has been working for an event production company for a long time. So she pulled me in to do motion graphics, and um, I did actually end up doing some some keynote design too, which I was able to kind of get up on pretty quickly. Um, oh yeah. But that so we did that for Stripe, like two internal Stripe events. And then I uh, got booked with another motion graphics studio and they were the ones who took on the graphics for uh, TwitchCon. So that's where, that's where I did that. Um, 
also worked for a television production company that was doing um, Jessica Alba's Honest Renovations, which is on the Roku network. So I did all the graphics that go on that show. Um, and then, yeah, had a few other side projects and kind of was able to stitch enough together to like, you know, pay all the bills this year. <laughs> yeah. I What I'm hearing that maybe I can take away and listeners can take away from this is is like you you didn't go out and try to pitch Stripe, right? Like that. That's right. Yes, you, you know, you you worked on Stripe projects, but you didn't go out and try to pitch Stripe and maybe maybe depending on how uh familiar listeners are with Stripe or not, maybe they're not the best example, but like you didn't go try to pitch Jessica Alba or or Nike or or Twitch or or any of these like you you worked with these agencies that that already had those contracts already had those relationships and was able to pitch those and win those um those relationships and then you were sort of a piece of that bigger picture right that's right yeah yeah so i mean it kind of go i'm trying to figure out to like what what my business life is going to look like now cuz i wasn't sure if i really wanted to have my own kind of mini studio type of thing and then go after these bigger clients or if I wanted to stay with this kind of studio model. But like I'm finding that I, I am not so excited to do all the, like do all the outreach that's involved and like write up all the quotes. I'm more interested in just sitting down and doing the work, which in, in this case, like, like I have to kind of like change the way I'm doing things in, in like LinkedIn outreach and stuff like that. Mm, Yeah. But I think that rings true for so many freelancers, particularly creative freelancers. Like we just want to sit down and we want to do the work. Right. And, and, um, have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs. And did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane, effective home workout. That's because Hydro 
pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. You know, this. the other stuff is, is sort of a necessary evil for a lot of people. The, the pitching, the managing, the client relationship, all of that stuff. Although to some to some extent, you're still doing all of that. You're just, your client isn't, you know, Jessica Alba. Your client is the production companies maybe an agency even the production production company is hired like you're just a few steps removed from you know we we might say you did a project for nike which you did and it's awesome right but but you weren't like reporting to nike's ceo or anything like that so, yeah 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 yeah, yeah the, so the project, i wonder oh yeah go oh sorry yeah i was just gonna say that i didn't mention that before but the project i did for nike was for a company that was doing the event for nike and i did the social media marketing for them yeah 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 and so, so on the one hand, like I really love uh, this model that you're talking about. On the other hand, I'm curious how much how much client relationship or or client follow up or client communication did you actually have to do with these versus maybe a client where you know it's a mom and pop or some something, and you're working directly with the business owner or you're working directly with even like a mid level manager or something at a at the company as opposed to working with an agency. Have you have you had both of those kinds of experiences, and what's different there? Yeah. Um, so the, the way I'm going about doing it now is like, I really had to get over the, like, Oh, like, I don't want to email that person. Like, I don't know what they're going to say or, yeah. <laughs> but the, like the email that I sent you is like a good example of just kind of like getting over it and just like compiling all my work, compiling it in like mm. a really easy to read list and then sending it out to people. So like reaching reaching out to studios is it's is a real like it's less of a cold email like if if i have work attached to it so if mm. i have like a, a um a portfolio link i feel like it's a lot easier than if i am just like writing if i did some some other different kind of work and didn't have a portfolio it's it's a lot easier to reach out to especially to studios who are used to getting lots and lots of freelancer emails all the time they know yeah. the deal like this is this is an email with their availability their rates and a link to their website so and so uh, when you're when you're sending those emails so let's say i'm you know i'm listening to the show and i'm going wow i'd really like to try what kate's doing and that is connecting with agencies more um what what do you normally put in that email and how do you stand out from the hundreds or thousands of other freelancers that are that are emailing them over the course of the year Honestly, I don't know if I'm doing it the right way, but the the way I do it is like, <laughs> well, just something really seems to be try- working. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, like I just try and keep it as like short and sweet as possible because I know that they're just funneling through tons and tons of yeah. emails. So I want to get them on my website as fast as possible, and then and then like the proof is in the pudding. There, they just go to the website and they watch my reel, then they know what I'm capable of. Um, and so also like, hey, like, hey, so and so, how you're doing? Like, um. And if I, you know, if I already know them, I'll kind of be a little, you know, more personable or like talk about something yeah. we've talked about before. 
And then I just like, just want to let you know, like, like I have some availability, here's my link. And, and that's pretty much it. And then um, if I'm, so, so an example of, I went after, I, I was, I love home makeover shows and I like was mm-hmm. on a mission to do graphics for a home makeover show and I, I was able to do it. And the Thanks. way I went about it was um, I watched the show and then I waited for the credits and then was like looking out to see like who the editors and who the post producers were. And then I found them on LinkedIn and then I messaged them on LinkedIn. And then like three months later, like one of the editors got back to me and she was like, Oh, like, thanks so much. You know, I, I wrote a, a message, you know, like, I, I love your work that you do on this show. Um, this is what I do. I'd love to work with you. And so she gave me the contact for the post producer. So then I emailed him and then basically same thing. Love the, love the work. I really want to do work like this. Here's my reel. And then they had, they ended up having work for me and that's how I got connected with them. Oh, I love that. I mean, this this is cold emailing emailing at its finest, in my opinion. Like, there's there's the kind of cold emailing where you just gather hundreds and hundreds of email addresses and you kind of throw it all out there and hope that something comes back. Or, and this is my preferred way of doing it too. You really take the time. Like, you watched you watched through to the end credits. You picked out of the credits the names of the people. You connected with them on a personal level. They connected you with someone else. At that point, the, it's not as cold of an email. It's a little warmed up, right? And and then and then um, it eventually led to some work. And I, I just think there's a lot for freelancers to learn here from you. And that is like the personable nature, the the putting the extra work into really sending the right email to the right person, not making it sound, you know, canned or uh, just a copy paste. Like you really were genuinely interested in their show. You had watched their show. You were familiar with it. it. It depends too on whether somebody needs to have like a really big number of clients or leads as opposed to me where I really only need like one to three clients every month. So Mm, yeah. So like that makes I, a big difference. I can, yeah, this, I can put like this amount of work into like reaching out, but I did that. I right. probably did the same thing with like five different similar production companies and I got answers, but they didn't turn into work. So probably like one in five work, but that's, that's a really good ratio in terms of like, oh yeah, like cold emailing. Yeah. A 20% conversion rate on cold emails is. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And then, so do you, do you uh, only need one to three clients just because what your work is a little bit higher ticket or, or that's right. Yeah. You, okay. Yeah. Cause I, I know some freelancers are listening and going like, man, if I only did one project or three projects a month, I'd be in trouble. Right. Yeah. And, and a lot of the studios will book a like a whole, like they'll book for a few weeks. They won't just book like mm. one day or mm. like one little animation or one little project like they're they want. So so that particular TV show had probably like eight episodes. So I had to do the graphics for for every one of those episodes. So that took a couple months. That makes like sense. Two months. Yeah. 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 They want everything to match. They want to work with the same person on all of it. Um, yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I, I'm, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Um, 
like you you guys on Milo, you had like an email recently that was something like a minimum like engagement cost or something. And that the article was explaining that like like you like you spend time like even if you have like a little project or a big project, like you, the time you spend on a little project, it takes up from the time getting the big projects. So mm. I noticed that like a lot of last year, I was like hustling a lot because I took on a lot of small projects, whereas I could have just like taken away like three of those projects and turned it into one big project. So I'm starting to think about like, okay, like I want to, I don't want to just take a project that has like a one day booking or like a, like one little like like animation i i need it to i need them to like book at at least a week and and that's also good because i mean it, like i can give them more value like i can put more of my intention into their projects so like they're getting more out of me but at the same time there's clients that do need the long term attention on a project as opposed to somebody who just needs like a one off that's that's really interesting to think about like that opportunity cost or and that that engagement cost or even yeah just the full like conversion cost of getting a new client and and you know identifying because it's going to be different for you than it is for me and then it is from all the people listening um but where that tipping point is right of like you know what 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 is the right amount of time <clears throat> excuse me time and effort to spend on getting a new client before it's not worth it or before, you know, I've spent too much for this one client and, and I could have spent it somewhere else. That's all like something, it, it's very hard to nail that down mathematically. You almost have to like, it takes a lot of trial and error and a lot of just learning the, the hard way by booking the wrong clients or spending too much time on a client that you kind of maybe in your gut knew already they were going to say no a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, that's a real art, right? Yeah. And it, it's like a, it's such a huge hurdle, like, especially with like last year, like every, like, you know, everything going awry in, in the industry. It's like, you know, like in the back of your head, you think like, oh, I should, I should just take anything I can get, but hmm. it's, it ends up being counterintuitive. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. You know, we've talked a lot on the show about, remind me how far into business you are, Kate, like how, how long have you been doing this? Uh, 14 years. Working for yourself 14 years? Yes. Yeah, I love it. So, because I, I think, I think I can tell, I could tell that you you're you know in it quite quite a long while because freelancers, and I think this is okay, but freelancers who have only been in it for a year or maybe two years, it it is very much like I'm just going to take whatever I can get because I need to pay the bills and it you know, um, but everything comes with that opportunity cost. Yes. And every minute that you're, and you know, we talk about how great it is to just work on your projects and that's true, but not if your projects are not paying well. And that means it's eating up time when you could be, you know, promoting yourself, connecting with other clients, getting bigger projects, everything has a cost. And I think when you're as far along as you are in your business, those costs are very real and make a lot of sense to really prioritize like, well, I'm not going to waste my time on this little client. Maybe when yeah. it's earlier, I'd, I'd hate to say that's true for everybody, right? Because I think an, a freelancer who's who's much younger in their in their business um, needs to probably take some of those and just get some experience and yeah. get some build a network and like build a portfolio and all those things and just pay the bills. Frankly, 
But at some point, you have to say, I'm not just going to take any client anymore. I'm not just going to take any project anymore. I'm going to be selective about it. And I'm going to I'm going to weigh the opportunity cost of everything that I take on. Yeah. And the other day I got somebody, somebody wanted me to do like, just spend three hours on something. And I'm like, you're like downloading the, like getting the right files, downloading the files, making the invoice, delivering the files, like all of that, like mm. that's a full day's worth of work. So yeah, like yeah. I felt, I felt really bad because I really wanted to work with that person. And like, I think, I think they are going to like get continue to get bigger and bigger projects but like at the at the moment it's not it's not a good option for me just to take or like I'm I'm also just trying to experiment with like okay if I if I stick to this will this work yeah you know like I have to kind of prove it to myself that that this concept is for real you know yeah yeah we were just talking about that uh last episode last week with um with Diana, I was talking with her about, and this hasn't aired yet, so Kate, you won't have heard it. But, um, but we were talking about like as you as you experiment with business models and marketing models, you have to do what works, but you also have to like give give things time to work. You have to experiment and then say like, okay, is this working? Um, and as those things work, you incorporate them into your business, and as they don't work, you stop wasting time on them. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, lots of lots of time wasted for me <laughs> over <laughs> over the years. <laughs> yeah, lots of like rabbit holes gone down that like didn't go anywhere. But I mean, they say that like that these are all like valuable lessons learned. It's it's one of those things that it's really hard to teach someone else, right? Unless unless you're like there over the over their shoulder helping them check their email, it's really hard to to like teach someone like uh my gut says this thing's not going to really go anywhere and you're going to spend lots of time trying to make it go somewhere and it's just not going to work out or it's not going to be worth the pay in the end or whatever and then you start to develop sort of this intuition i think the longer you've been in business and it's kind of nice to just be able to say like i you know one one year freelancer me would have been like what are you doing why are you turning this down but you know 10 year or 14 year freelancer me is going no this is not this is not worth my time yeah, and the I like a a lot of um I mean if if I was listening to business advice about like growing a studio, then it would be much different advice to somebody who's just freelancing. Mm. Um so I I keep hearing advice that's geared towards studio owners or agency owners. Um and then I'm kind of pulled in in opposite directions and pulled in the way of like, should I start my own agency or studio or cause like, I mean, clearly like that's like, like you can reduce the amount of time that you're working and then you can hire people out to do the stuff that you're doing. But for me, I've, I've just been so like comfortable, like doing the work and like helping, helping this, the studio owner that I'm so used to. It and I, I'm not sure if that's like a, a mental hurdle I need to get over. It's like, this is just how my career is going to be like, yeah, like going on like this. And I like, I'm leaning towards like that. Like, this is what's working for me, which is funny. Cause like, we do like the survey, at, you know, yeah. on, on the questionnaire. It's like, it's like, where do you see yourself in tears? Like, where are you? I'm at a one. And I'm like, where do you see yourself? Or where are you trying to go? A one. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I've arrived. I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> you know i we have talked on a few episodes though like that's that's okay right yeah as long as it's a conscious decision you don't you know 
this is obviously this is the show generally is obviously focused on like going from a freelancer to being a founder and sort of building systems and processes into your business but but you know it's not a requirement to grow every year and it's not a requirement to hire people every year and it's not like that's if that's not what you want out of your business and out of your life, then that's not something you have to do, right? I think there is this danger of like hustle culture and growth, growth hacking culture where it's just like grow, grow, grow no matter what. And I'm, I'm kind of like you. I'm, I'm in a very comfortable place in my business. Some people would say like, well, maybe you're getting lazy as you get comfortable, but I'm just comfortable and I enjoy it. And I have plenty of time for all the other things that I like to do as well. Cause to me, work isn't everything. And so I think, I think, you know, I think that's a, maybe a healthy way to look at it if i'm being honest so i you'll you'll have no shade coming my coming your way from me on the on the staying at a one or anything like that <laughs> i'm freelancer to freelancer there there you go we'll, we'll start a new show yeah <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about where where you are headed though and and what i know you mentioned you maybe have a couple questions you'd like to brainstorm together maybe get a, a second pair of eyes on some of the hurdles that you might be facing, uh, even if you're not going from a one to a five or anything like that. Yeah. But but what can I help you with uh, uh, as you come up on your next year of freelancing? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm not sure. Like, like I feel like I'm at the point in the past week where I'm like, okay, like, I think I'm, I think I'm buckling down on, okay, I'm going full freelancer, like, like approaching the studios, approaching the agencies. Um, and then hopefully hopefully that some of the TV shows will come back because, because I worked on um, Emily in Paris before. And so that's supposed to come back. So that's mm. going to like change. That's going to change my tra- trajectory again. Um, but yeah, the, I think like the, the marketing like routes I've been going down is I put like a lot of focus into LinkedIn. Um, I haven't, I haven't done that like cold outreach again like i did before um the warm cold outreach so i yeah. could probably do that again um and just like staying on top of regularly emailing the people that i do now and just like kind of hoping to catch them at the right time um but yeah like what do you do like if there's like so like this this past month lull like has been like okay now i like i have like an income goal but now I'm like thrown off on the income goal because there wasn't really any income from January. So I don't know. Do you, do you believe in income goals or? (laughs) That's a good question. I, I, um, I used to be like the, you know, the three month, 12 month, five year, three year, five year goal setting kind of guy. And I've, I don't know. I've just, uh, and this is maybe easy for me to say because, you know, my business is clipping along, my my family, like we have three kids and we're just, life's just kind of moving for us, right? Um, but I, I, I don't set nearly as many goals as I used to. Uh, and particularly in my business, I, so I guess if you ask if I believe in them, I, you know, I think they can be powerful in some settings and for some people. Um, for me, particularly an ar like an arbitrary like I want to make six figures or I want to you know I want to double my revenue or I want to you know depending on what it's based in I think it can be really helpful or really unhelpful and I think when it's unhelpful is like you know let's say I made a hundred thousand dollars this year and so I'm like next year I'm gonna make two hundred 
right? And there's no yeah. basis for it. There's no, there's no like, what am I going to change to accompany that? It's just like, I'm going to set this goal. And, and while I admire like the shooting for the stars sort of thing, and, and I think there's definitely power in that, I, I do worry a little bit when people set arbitrary goals just because, or like we'll have lots of people who it's like, ah, in my first year of freelancing, I just, I just want to crack six figures. I just think it'd be so awesome in my first year of freelancing. And it's like, well, do you need that much money? Right. Is that like, what's that based in? Is that just, you just want bragging rights on LinkedIn to say in my first year of freelancing, I made a hundred thousand dollars. Like I, I think if goals are rooted in the right thing, kind of like we talked about with the size of your business, right? If it's rooted in the right thing, then I think they can be really powerful. If it's rooted in the wrong thing, like vanity or an arbitrary number, I think it can be really painful because your business can be doing fine. And and yet maybe your goals are off now because your January was a little slower than you expected, but maybe January is always like that, right? So there's just lots of factors to it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like how, how much of it, like I could kind of see that that even though the industry was super slow, like I was kind of able to kind of pivot into or like find find work in other types of industries. Um, I guess there's always that fear of like, is that going to work again? You know, or like, yeah. am I am I going down the right route? And and I get off track a lot because. And and I guess like this is a, a question that I have is is so I have so much experience in TV, but now it seems like television industry is like changing so much and like like is TV going to be around forever? Like, are we going to? Is everybody going to be watching YouTube or is everybody going to be on their phone? So I've been thinking about like learning some more UI for animation, but is that like too much of a sidetrack? Mm. You know. Yeah, this is like that question of uh, of like how much do I invest in the future versus what's working now. But I think I think in your field and and take this with a grain of salt because you know way more about your industry than I do in terms of like TV, movies, all entertainment, all of that. I I don't work in that space. But but I think like, you know, you ask is TV going to be around? Well, I mean, arguably TV hasn't been around it hasn't been the same for the last 15 years. Maybe, you know, like yeah. ever since Hulu came on the scene, maybe was was the earliest like real disruption to TV. And and now, you know, it's not the same as it has been. Everyone has their own app. Fewer people have cable. You know, YouTube TV is, is now a big thing. And like, there's just like all these elements to consider. But I think the core offering that you provide, which is like, I'm going to offer animations for these shows. I think shows will exist, whether whether they exist on a, a box on my living room, you know, console, or whether they exist on my phone or whether they exist on my computer, whatever, like they're going to be there. And right. so the core work that you offer, I don't think is going anywhere anytime soon. In fact, I think video content is growing. I know video content's growing. Um, and that, so and that's I, I video content for TV or video content for marketing. Hmm. Or both. I think I think video content in general is is growing. Yeah. I I mean, again, you would know better, but but it seems like it just kind of to me it kind of depends on how you define TV, right? Because you know, Mr. Beast puts out a video and and it's it's on YouTube, obviously, and it gets millions and millions of views, more than most television shows, and yet you know he still needs tons of animations done 
on his work. So is that, and it, you know, it's a half hour, 45 minutes long. Is that considered TV? Uh, <laughs> you know, so yeah, to say, is yeah. TV going to be around? I, I I don't know, but, but like certainly content creation, video content. I actually think with the, uh, with the proliferation of, uh, written AI content, I think that's going down really quickly. Like I think video is really going to surge because video is, uh, right now AI can't generate really great fake video. Yes. Whereas it can generate really great fake written content. Um, and so I think, I think content creators, this, I'm getting into the weeds, so I apologize, but I think content creators who used to do a ton of writing might start doing more video because then you can prove that it's authentic. It's real. It's really my voice. I'm really here with these ideas. Like, like thought leaders for writing anymore, it's going to get hard because it's like, well, AI might've written that or, or a real human being might've written that. But with video, it's a lot harder to fake that. Yeah. And there's like that, that human touch to it that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I don't doubt that probably one day video will get good enough. Like, Oh, absolutely. they can do AI, but like it's not, I don't think it's coming in the next couple of years at least. Yeah. I mean, there's already like decent stuff, you know, that it's crazy what they can do with like talking head videos um, and things like that. And obviously CGI paired with AI, but, but like, I don't know. I just think there's an authenticity to video still that, that is hard to fake. Uh, yeah. Whereas writing, it's getting very, very easy to fake that. And so. If you were if you were a writer and you were saying like should I be worried I'd be like uh, yes you need to adapt now. Um, it's maybe a little bit longer of a runway for you, but but things change really fast, so who knows? Yeah, I think I would still. I personally, I would still hire a writer or like a copywriter to like help me with this stuff because I like I can't do it. And then if I just put it into into ChatGPT, like write a thing of this, like it sounds so weird to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, this is nothing like what I would write. <laughs> it's for sure not it's not a hundred percent yet. Um, but but it's getting very, very good at it. And uh, yeah. 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 It'll it'll be really interesting to watch over the next over the next few years. Cause it's just like moving at lightning speed right now. Yeah. And I mean like that's kinda I'm wondering if like at some point people are gonna get over even if for like a temporary time, get over the hustle culture. Cause I think that that's a product of it. Like how fast all of the technology changes and progresses. I wonder if at some point everybody's going to be like, okay, let's chill out for a minute. You know? I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to know. Cause like every new generation that comes up, right. If we're training them that like, you know, the hustle culture is the way to go. Plus when you're plus when you're younger, you have way more energy and, and like the hustle I I used to think the hustle was fun, right? But now now I'm a little bit older. I got three kids, I got a family, I'm sort of like, yeah, other people can hustle. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna steadily work on my business. Um and don't get me wrong, I work hard. I have long days every once in a while, but most days are, are pretty chill. I just work on my business, I maintain it, I grow it and um so I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see over time. I know there's a lot more conversations happening in the entrepreneurship space around like mental health not burning out, not hustling and grinding at all costs. So those are important conversations I think to be having. Yeah, for sure. Well, what else is on your mind? Anything else today, Kate? It's been a lot of fun chatting with you, catching up with you, hearing about your projects. Yeah, yeah you too. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Well, great. Let's wrap it up there then. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Why don't you uh, update people on where they can connect with you if they want to hire you or learn more about your work? Yeah, um, 
If you would like to see my work, my website is www.blendingmode.com. And um, I'm always on LinkedIn. Um, so it's Kate Marzowski Lim. And um probably going to have to put my name in the show notes for the <laughs> I'll be sure to do that. <laughs> it's a lot easier to spell blending mode than to spell Kate Marzowski Lim. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we'll do that. Thanks well, so thank much, you Preston. so much. Yeah, it's been thank a pleasure. You. Have a great day. Thanks everyone you for too. listening and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Freelance to Founder, a collaboration between Milo, Dripify, and the Poglomerate. You can find links to my business, Milo, Clay's business, Dripify, and of course our podcasting partner, the Podglomerate, all in the description of this episode. Remember to call in for your own episode at freelancetofounder.com. A very special thank you to the members of the Milo and Podglomerate teams who work behind the scenes to make this production possible. To stream past episodes, visit freelancetofounder.com or search Freelance to Founder wherever you get your podcasts. And that's it for now. Until next time, see ya. We will see you guys on the next episode of Freelance to Founder.